0: The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media
1: Network.
2: Here's what's cooking on the day's sports though podcast. The Yankees cheat, no surprise. NFL schedule thoughts, NCAA making big conference moves, and the NBA is in full force. We'll talk with Parker Ainsworth about that. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast
1: with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good looking. what you got cooking? i about cooking something up me.
2: Welcome in to an all new edition of the Sports Though podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Visit righteousfelon.com to see all the assorted flavors they have. Use promo code BELLYUP at checkout. You get 15% off your purchase. And we have all kinds of things to talk about. We'll have a guest on about midway through the show. So you can join us about the 30 minute mark for Parker Ainsworth and the NBA talk. But before we get to that, uh, I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Uh, it's we're in that that stage of the year. Uh, there's NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, but overall, it's kind of quiet. Uh, you know, obviously, the uh, Major League Baseball is in full swing right now as well, but we're kind of in that odd stage where we're kind of waiting for the the fireworks. And uh, I guess if you're a hockey fan, you're probably loving the hockey playoffs. If you're an NBA fan, you're probably loving the NBA playoffs. If you're neither of those things, then you're just enjoying baseball. So uh, it's it's an odd time of year. Actually, Dad, I've gotten really into racing this year. It's been a while since I followed racing, but um, I've enjoyed kind of keeping up with that this year. And they got All-Star Weekend coming up this week as well at North Wilkesboro. Um, So that's keeping me entertained also. What's keeping you entertained these days?
1: Um, Like I said, I've really been keeping up with hockey, been some really good hockey games, been watching um, some of those. And uh, of course the Predators aren't in the playoffs, but their minor league team is, and they won their first series. So kind of keeping up with that a little bit uh, there. And of course my Celtics are still in um, with the NBA. So following that and uh, football, course, you know, they're still in OTAs, but next week they can kind of start practicing. So a lot, of, a lot of Packer news and a lot of information keeping up with everybody there in the Jordan Love era.
2: The Jordan Love era is about to begin. Um, you said something that made me think of something, and now I can't remember what it was. Uh, but hockey is down to, what, four teams, right? Yes. And they're all four warm weather teams. Uh, generally speaking, the way I understand it. Uh, and then I also saw the day that it looks like Arizona could be on the way out. Um, they tried to get a deal done for a new stadium arena that did not happen. And uh, chance that Arizona loses their hockey team. Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, there's been talk about that. I remember back when um, you know, I used to go out to Arizona quite a bit for work. I remember early on hearing the sports talk out there that they were going to lose the team after a couple years because they wanted to build an arena in Scottsdale and the vote didn't go through. Then all of a sudden they built the one in Glendale. Um, and, um, but yeah, now with the one not going in in Tempe, cause they're playing in a little 5,000 seat arena at ASU. Um, and I guess they're going to do that again next year, but reading what I read from, um, the commissioner of the NHL and kind of reading between the lines. Uh, If they don't get something worked out, I think they, they will lose the team this time. And I, you know, they said Houston has a arena ready to go and they would be rivals with um, Dallas and in the same division there. Um, Kansas City's been talked about. That'd be an interesting place. You'd have a rivalry with St. Louis. There's a Canadian team, Quebec City, and Salt Lake City. So there's uh, a lot of interest. And so I think if Arizona can't pull this out pretty quick, um, they may play still this year at Arizona State. But um, I think you're, you're going to definitely looks like the Vultures are hovering around here, wanting to get this franchise. So. Yeah, I know Houston's
2: been working for a while to get a team. Um, I actually might have to talk to Parker about that. Parker's uh, in Houston, then um, a big Houston guy. So he might have all the up-to-date stuff on that one. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting for sure. I mean, you know, we talked about the A's seem to be on their way out of Oakland. Uh, now the Coyotes could be on their way out of uh, Arizona. There's talk about other like a brand new expansion major league baseball team possibly as well. There's, all kinds of stuff about moving. Uh, obviously, sports are is a lucrative business. Ask uh, Dan Snyder, who just sold the Washington Commanders. Um, it, you make make some money uh, owning, owning a sports team, for sure. So that'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Uh, let's talk some college real quick, Dad. Uh, the Big 12 is making some moves as a conference. Uh, they signed a massive TV deal. Uh, $200 million with ESPN and Fox. And that seems to all of a sudden open the doors for the Big 12 to gain uh, some players, maybe from out West. Uh, also, now they're saying from out East, the ACC, they could be pulling teams in for. When we were doing all this uh, conference realignment talk of several months back with the SEC and the Big 10, um, we kind of talked about things. I have to admit, I thought the Big 12, was the conference that would end up folding. And now it's looking like maybe the Pac-12, maybe the ACC is going to end up folding because of, of what the Big 12 is doing. Are you surprised by the progress the Big 12 has made?
1: Well, um, no, because, again, if you're going to survive, you've got to be aggressive. I remember you know, when the SEC thing happened and they picked up Texas and Oklahoma – I said, you know, boy, the Big Ten will have to make a move here pretty quick, and then they did with UCLA and USC. So I think you know, the conference, the Big Twelve, decided rather than folding up, they just had to get more aggressive. And um, I don't remember his name, but if I remember right, they hired didn't they hire a new commissioner? who was very, you know, business oriented, very ingrained in this type of thing. And I was reading today that some of the teams they're looking at, you know, the same way that um, the Big Ten and the SEC moved into television markets, that's really what the Big 12 is doing, trying to get San Diego State. They would be in California trying to get UNLV. All of a sudden, they would have control of Las Vegas, Um, and um, they seem to strategically be moving that way. And, of course, TV is where everything is. And so if they get in the markets, you know, uh, it'll be interesting. And, of course, they're talking about what Connecticut, they were talking about some basketball powers, some basketball Mm -hmm. schools, um, you know, Um, getting in there that always be interesting with the ACC because you have such tradition with the North Carolina schools um but you know you had that in the Big East and that kind of folded up and now it's kind of you know come back a little bit so basketball cannot sustain it football is, is what you know they're after from there so um yeah, that would be a real interesting turn. Like I said, when it first hit, you thought, well, the Big 12 is probably gone. But they decided to circle the wagons, and apparently they have a plan. And the ACC, if they don't come back and get aggressive real quick. Uh, the Pac-T- Pac-12, I'm not sure what will happen there. Uh, to me, they were a little bit in denial. You know, well, UCLA and USC, that's okay. We'll know. No, you're not going to replace them, not with tradition, that's for sure. Um, And some of the schools they're looking at, I don't know if they can sustain because there was talk about, what, the Big Ten, somebody getting Washington, and it only takes a couple more schools to Oregon, a couple more schools to leave. And there will still be a Big 12 conference, but whether there will be a Power 5 conference, of course, you know what? two or three years, they're probably not going to be power five. There's going to be, um, you know, one or two big divisions and, um, it's definitely three.
2: Yeah. Maybe even three. I mean, honestly, the way the big 12 has come into this, the reports are Florida state Clemson Miami and Georgia tech as potential big 12, uh, teams, uh, that would be a huge coup for the big 12 um, uh, for sure. And then I saw a report today and I, 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 didn't read through it enough and I'm not sure if it was actually legit or not saying that the sec, um, didn't have interest in Florida state, but actually has more interest in UCF because they're in Orlando and having that Orlando market with Disney. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that was a real report or not. So I'm, I'm just telling you, I saw it out there. I don't know if that's happening or not. Um, I always thought Clemson to the SEC would make sense just being who else they have, bringing in Oklahoma and Texas, already having Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, those Florida, you know, Clemson just fits that kind of mold. I thought, but uh, if the big 12 could pick them up. That would be huge for them. And uh, they become, they become definitely top three powerhouses uh, in sports. Uh, no doubt about that. So, College alignment's an interesting thing. We'll see how it goes. You know, I'm down here in Richmond, Kentucky, and, and Eastern Kentucky. They joined, uh, you know, they're in the A Sun and then they joined with the WAC, and they were going to create this brand-new conference. Well, the NCAA said, no, we're not doing that. So, so that hasn't worked out. Um, they've been trying to find a way up to, you know, 1A ball, and they've, they've struggled to do so. Uh, but – there's plenty of things going on. A lot of conference realignment. A lot of things are still rumor mill stuff. So we'll have to wait and see, um, kind of, I guess the TCU athletic director is the one that kind of slipped up and said some things that he probably wasn't supposed to say, which actually shed light on the idea of the ACC teams coming into the big 12. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And you're right. The pac 12, I mean, they've got to draw somebody and I don't know who they can get. Um, Especially with what the Big Twelve is doing, so
1: now, we'll see. we're only one more year away from the expanded football playoffs. Correct? Yeah,
2: I believe it, so. Yeah.
1: It's almost like they've got to get something worked out in that direction because you know picking the teams and how that's going to go. You know, the idea of conference champions or whatever. It seems like the realignment would want to at least get somewhat in place. Um, before they head into that season, you know, with the 12 teams.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. I, I mean, I think the earlier, the better understanding everything, the earlier, the better, um, and those things for sure. Uh, let's talk some NFL stuff, dad, a uh, couple of small things that have kind of hit the news wire this week. Devontae Adams, uh, saying that he's been, uh, I don't know what the right word validated, I guess, uh, where he can say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing," and uh, and I've proven that I don't need Aaron Rodgers. And I think what he means by that is he doesn't it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I don't think he was knocking Aaron Rodgers in any way, but nonetheless, uh, Devontae Adams, I I thought he would do fine with Derek Carr. And we'll see. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think is a different kind of quarterback than Derek Carr. I think Carr is better for Devontae Adams personally, but. That's neither here nor there. We like Devontae Adams. We thought he was a great wide receiver, one of the top ones in the league. Did his season this year change your opinion in any way on Devontae Adams?
1: Um, no, I mean he's definitely one of the top receivers, and he has definitely proven that. Um, it's interesting. I you know, I think he will stay grounded. Um, you know, I, again, I don't think he's on a team that's gonna be vying for any championships right away. So is that going to be a problem or is he okay with, um, you know, being now, again, I heard him say he wasn't worried about being first team all pro anymore, He but he was glad he was last year. Cause that did validate him that he didn't have to have Aaron Rodgers. and he didn't mean anything. Like you said, he didn't say anything bad about Aaron Rodgers, but he also didn't go out of his way. <laughs> I, I was a little surprised, you know, as far as, I mean, I'm sure they're still, you know, um good friends and and whatever there, but Devonte Adams did prove last year, you know, that he is definitely um one of the top receivers. And the Raiders is definitely be one of the key pieces. You know, they've got a good running back with Jacobs also. So um I, again, you know, my feelings, if they can just get a coach, I think they'll be okay. But, um, I, I don't know how that's going to go for the Raiders because again, they're in a strong division. And now that you've got Denver's got a new coach, it could be a lot more competitive over there.
2: Yeah. And, you know, Adam said, this is not what he was anticipating. What the Raiders are today is not what he was told was going to be the case. And it's not what he anticipated being the case he said i'm going to have to work to accept this um i guess you know the way things go these days i wouldn't be surprised if by 2 weeks in 4 weeks into the season devonte adams is saying i don't want to be here anymore <laughs> so um do you think that's fair cuz it i mean they brought him in there and it looked like they were going to build and 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 be a decent team now they got a different quarterback and one of the reasons he went to vegas is because he liked Derek Carr um, Derek Carr's not there anymore. So, uh, do you think Devonta Adams finishes the season in Vegas?
1: Um, yes, I, I would think he would, because again, I think, uh, a coaching change would change a lot of things there. And, um, I'll be surprised if that doesn't happen. Now, again, I don't know that Garoppolo is the best quarterback, um, for him, but, um, you know, they do have some weapons there. Um, you know, he, he did grow up being a Raider fan. So maybe he's got a little more attachment there. Um, you know, from that standpoint, but I, I I know I heard earlier in the year where he said that he wanted to have a little bit of input and who the quarterback was going to be. I don't know, but he had that input. Um, I don't know that he has any input in the organization. I don't know, you know, with the ownership there or, or, um, anything, but, um, He's definitely a great player. And, you know, if, if they don't build around him, then they're really heading in the wrong direction.
2: Yeah, I could agree with that. Um, the NFL schedule was released last week. Uh, we've not chatted a whole lot about that since there. Anything stand out? Let's start with the first game of the season, Dad. Kansas City Chiefs, we knew, Super Bowl champs. They're going to play the first game. They're playing against Detroit in week one. Um, why <laughs> um let me give you a couple teams they're playing real quick uh like i said they're starting off against detroit but other teams they play throughout the year uh the jets uh the, the charge of course chargers broncos raiders in the division the dolphins um the eagles that could have been a super bowl rematch the packers which i understand not them not being under, uh, buffalo the patriots the Bengals. And the NFL decided, we're going to put the Detroit Lions as our premier game, our opening game of the season. Does this surprise you at all? And what do you think about that matchup?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was an absolute shock. And I I don't understand. Something's going on with Detroit. And I don't know what with the NFL. Um, I know they have the, what, next year's draft coming up. And I was shocked. When that happened, Um, why did Detroit get that? I thought it was going to be people that never had a Super Bowl and why. But there's some reason, there's something, some allurement or something with Detroit. And why in the world you would have the Lions starting out with Kansas City? um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Now, if it ends up being a great game, then, boy, the NFL really, you know, They're showcasing this new team that's going to make a run, but I don't know that Detroit is solid enough. You know, um, I don't think they're a big favorite in a lot of ways. They may be a favorite right now to win the division. I don't think they'll win the division, but um, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, their coach is real colorful and, you know, he's going to say a lot of things, but I, yeah, that, you know, you knew that it was going to start with Kansas City. But, I mean, I would have – Detroit would have been one of the last teams I would have thought. Like you said, you Cincinnati, I mean, there's, there's teams there that make a lot of sense. Um, I mean, I'm not even sure of TV outside of, well, you know, it's the first game of the year, so we want to watch the first game of the year. Outside of that, I mean, the average fan that's just a football fan – I, I don't know how you get real excited about that. So um, we I, th- th- that was a that was a real surprise for sure.
2: Yeah, you know I heard it said. Well, this is a team who the last time we saw them, they beat the Packers, keeping Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. And there's a lot of momentum coming out of Detroit right now. Um, you know, Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes put together one of the highest scoring games in NFL history back when Goff was with the Rams um but yeah i was really surprised when i saw this this release i thought i don't get it now i know i'm a packer fan and 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 so there's i had got feelings about detroit but i was really really surprised by this and again buffalo cincinnati philadelphia i mean those teams made all kinds of sense and i listen i'll applaud the nfl for thinking outside of the box on this one maybe it's a deal where um, you know, they're trying to create better games later in the season. I I don't know, but, uh, that's a surprise and, uh, I'm not really sure what they were thinking. Uh, well, I know what they were thinking. I just, I'm surprised by, by their thought process on it. Um, you know, I don't want to talk too much about the Packers cause not everybody that listens to us are Packer fans, but Jordan love, he's got an easy start to the year. Dad, I see them being possibly five and one to start out the season. Um, I saw a path to nine wins and a path to thirteen wins. I think it's nine, nine or more. And I think right now the over/under for them is seven and a half. I I'd go way over on that one. So, um, I don't know. I I like the the early season schedule for Green Bay.
1: Yes, the schedule I think worked out. You know, good again. They they do have two Thursday games. Yeah. um which will be short weeks but that gives them longer weeks afterward and that doesn't seem to bother anybody the biggest thing in green bay that's been uh, the, the talk has been starting on the road again it's 5 years in a row they've started on the road and the first two games were on the road and that's only happened a couple times um in history so they they were really shocked by that um yeah that that's the way, but otherwise the, the far as the teams are playing the schedule, you know, they play some of the better teams later on. Um, yeah, I, I think that I I think everybody was fairly pleased, um, with the schedule. I don't see anything that's a real problem there. Of course, we don't necessarily know how they're going to do, but, um, we will, you know, I like I said, I I think they're gonna be they're gonna be good. Again, they're gonna be young and obviously they'll make some mistakes, but um we will um we'll see how it goes. I think their schedule though was fairly favorable, look pretty good.
2: Yeah, Aaron Rodgers gets all kinds of primetime games, um, the Hall of Fame game even uh to start it all off, but uh, Monday nights, Thursday nights, Sunday nights, all kinds of primetime appearances for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Uh, I don't know how much you paid attention to their schedule. Um, I mean, the, I heard one guy say if, the, if Rodgers was on the Packers, those would all be Packers slots. He's on the Jets, so they're all Jets slots. Uh, do you think uh, the Jets, this is setting the Jets up for failure <laughs> to,
1: to be in primetime that often? Jets fans, I mean. Um, no, I mean, it's not a surprise with Aaron Rodgers that they're in prime time and they're in prime time a lot. So, um, you know, that, that, that's not a surprise there. And, um, we'll see how the, we'll, we'll see how the jets do, you know, again, their schedule. Um, yeah, just looking at it here, you know, they start out with Buffalo, then they've got uh, fourth game. They got Kansas city sixth game. They got Philadelphia, so that we'll see how they're doing pretty quick. Um, now if they win two out of those three games all of a sudden you know they'll be the they'll be the talk um, but um, you know to let them get upset by you know they've got New England in there, which is a division game and um, yeah you know, I, you know they, they've got some they got a schedule there that um, and again if it starts rough, you never know how that's gonna go so um, Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting year. And, you know, when you look at the NFL schedule, it's kind of not like it used to be because it's not set. You've got the flex games. You've got things that can change. You know, it used to be you look at it and, oh, boy, we've got these games and that game. And, oh, there's a Monday night game. And that one's not going to be very good. Well, that's all kind of changed with the flex stuff. I mean, TV is where everything is. And um, I saw what well, I'm sure you saw where there's a playoff game now that NBC has that they're going to only put it on Peacock. Yeah. So that's definitely where everything is headed. No doubt about that. And of course, everybody's scrambling on the black Friday game and wanting to be an annual black Friday team, you know, from there. So, um, Yes. I want to
2: say you brought that up. It's a mistake to do that on Peacock. Um, look at the Major League Baseball, NHL. When you hide your your games uh, behind paywalls, you lose, you lose viewership. And if you're going to start making people pay for games that used to be on network television, I mean, some people already have Peacock. A lot of people already do and whatever, but I'm telling you, This doesn't make any sense. Why put a playoff game behind a paywall? Yeah, I don't think it makes any sense at all. So I think that playoff games, championship games should always be network television. Um, There's no reason uh, to make people have a subscription to watch a playoff game. And I think that the NBA, the NBA does this too. Back when I was a kid, and I know it was a lot different that many years ago, but you wanted to watch NBA playoff games because they were on TV. You could turn on ABC and there they were, or NBC, I guess, at the time. And there they were. And then now they're on TNT. Well, I, you know, I'm one of the few people in the world who doesn't get TNT. So I'm not watching the games because I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> so so I think it's a bad thing. I don't want to see them putting it on, on these uh, subscription-based things. Um, you know, I don't watch any games on prime as I don't have prime, which again, I'm probably one of the few people in the world who doesn't have prime, but, um, you know, it is what it is and I don't, I don't like it. I like, I'd, I'd rather them, uh, I'd rather them just, uh, keep it on, keep it on network television and, uh, keep things rolling along that way. Maybe simulcast it. I'm okay with that, but you know, I understand why they're doing it. They get money. The NFL gets money. I just think it's a bad idea ultimately. Yeah,
1: well, I, I think the NCAA kind of changed that when the football playoffs went on ESPN. Because I remember when that happened, there was a time when, you know, I, I didn't have ESPN. I do now. But, um, you know, it was like, oh, oh, that's a bad idea. Everybody can't watch, you on know, the national championship game. But that has not hurt the NCAA. And mm-hmm. I think with, um, with the um, Thursday night games, going to prime and it, that only expanding, then I can see where, you know, NBC and Peacock said, well, hey, this will really up our viewership here, um, you know, for people to get that. And because, yeah. um, you know, t- television is changing, no doubt about that. And um, so we we will see. Yeah, I, I, I think it's better to have it where everybody can see it. You know, I, I think some sports have learned Learned that or can learn that baseball, um, hockey. But again, the NFL, I mean, nothing's new there. It's all about money and it's all about TV money. And that's benefiting everybody that's involved in it. And uh, not the fans, but to say they don't care about the fans, not every decision they've made <laughs> has definitely been based on what's best for the fans. Um, and, and, you know, I've heard some people say that even if people didn't show up for the games, they'd still make money and they would be okay. Um, but you know, I, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I've never felt more like the get off my lawn guy than talking about games being on, on streaming networks. So, uh, I guess I'll move on from that last topic I want to hit before we bring on our guest to talk NBA stuff is major league baseball. The New York Yankees made some news this week. Uh, first it started off with Aaron judge, uh, a little side eye to the, uh, to the dugout and then cranks a home run questionable, you know, just with everything that happened with the Astros and the Red Sox and different people. And, uh, I saw, I'd never seen Yankees fans get so upset about someone accusing them of something before, but they went nuts about that. (laughs) And we're not cheating and all this kind of stuff. And you're terrible and all this, whatever. Then the next night, pitcher gets thrown out because he's got sticky stuff on his hands so legitimate cheating so i don't think aaron judge was cheating by the way but i don't think it's wrong to ask the question was he cheating and i saw one guy dad said uh said uh unless he can read minds because of the pitch com i was like dude (laughs) at the day and age of hacking things uh you can't be surprised if a team hacks pitch com and knows exactly which pitch is coming so anyways I thought it was funny uh, I'm not a Yankees fan so I thought it was funny uh, any any thoughts on on the Yankees being cheaters
1: no no like, like like I said um yeah like like we joked before we came on you know like I said a NASCAR if you're not cheating you're not trying and yeah so we, we know people are still, even with the sticky stuff, you know, you've seen that this year. I mean, there are still people trying to work their way around stuff, no doubt about that. And um, so, yeah, it was funny. I mean, and again, it, I don't think they were necessarily doing anything wrong on that. And if they were, then they're not very smart because, I mean, if you don't think everything is going to be on camera in this day and time, I mean, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to sneak a look anywhere. So, um, and even in the dugout, I'm sure there's cameras. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see.
2: It's all there. All right. Well, dad, uh, I know you want to get to, uh, to watch your Boston Celtics play in tonight. Uh, they're getting ready to tip off right now as you've watched every single game this season so far. Um, And you, do you know two players on the
1: Celtics? I actually know more players this year I do. And I do know I want the Celtics to win and I've actually watched a few of the playoff games so far. So I know I'm you have. Definitely definitely keeping up on my Celtics.
2: All right. Well, you enjoy the basketball game or hockey or whatever it is you're doing tonight. Uh thanks for for joining me uh for the first half tonight and uh we'll uh, we get to actually, me and you are going to spend some time together this weekend. So that'd be a good time, uh, as well, a little road trip. So that'll be good. We'll get to see you soon. So dad, thanks again. Uh, we'll, we'll chat with you later. Okay. Thanks. Thanks dad. All right. That's dad. We talked everything we need to talk about there. So now it's time to talk NBA and we bring on our good friend. It's been a while since we've had him on, but our good <laughs> friend Parker Ainsworth, he is the uh, head of the belly up. Basketball department of BellyUpSports.com. He also hosts the Locked On Cougs uh, podcast, which he interviews uh, forty plus year old women. No, oh no, no, I'm sorry, it's Houston Houston Cougars. Um, and,
0: uh, well, well played. I will say when you Google Houston Cougars, make sure you have your safe search on. No, I'm, <laughs> uh, how you doing, Vince? I'm doing
2: good, man. How about you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. It's been like you said, it's been a minute since we talked, um, yeah. but I'm, I'm happy to talk some NBA basketball, man.
2: Man, there's all kinds of stuff to talk about with the NBA too, and I want to start with the coaching situation. Um, there are currently five spots open, I think. Uh, Detroit still has an opening. Dwayne Casey stepped into the front office. The Bucks fire Budenholzer. Um, Houston, they well, they hired Ime Odoka already. We'll talk about that in a second. Philadelphia fires Doc Rivers. Phoenix fires Monty Williams. Toronto fires Nick Nurse. These are championship coaches. And now all of a sudden, they're, they're on the market. Um, how many of these guys are going to get jobs again next season?
0: Um, I don't know how many will get one next season. Uh, I, I feel like some of these teams that are firing guys with rings on the resume may be looking for a real big change in direction. Um, and, you know, some of these guys, I think, kind of have some overlap. Uh, like, I don't know if Budenholds necessarily jumps into a job or not or, or what have you. But I will say that having coaches with rings on their resume – throughout next season will feel like this big like fire under the hot seat of any coach that is underperforming next season right it's like well we could just fire this guy and go get nick Nurse, like or whoever the guy right like suddenly yeah. it becomes a much more realistic possibility um i feel like i'm seeing nick nurse's name tied to the most places and so that makes me think he'll have a job because he'll have some options um but like Budenholzer weirdly has not had his name tied to a lot of places. And so he may need to take some time off, maybe like, you know, have a rehabilitation tour of uh, being an assistant coach on some staff or, you know, just something for a year or two um, because he's got a fairly respected name. But the exception of the one Giannis run, he does kind of have some baggage as far as like, do they, do they ever win with him there? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it it's weird to see so many coaches of the rings out there because, um, uh, you know, you think of NBA championships as being this like, especially championships and coach of the year. So I should say both, both Mm -hmm. awards are out there. Um, Like you think of that as being kind of the crowning achievement and those guys are out there. Not when not, not getting jobs.
2: Yeah. And booting I remember when he got hired in Milwaukee, there were people who didn't like it. Um, They didn't think that he was a guy that was, could actually get a championship. And uh, and he does, of course, with one of the best players in basketball today and ever and, and Giannis um, I love Monty Williams. I grew up a, a Suns fan. I don't follow him like I used to. Um, I liked the hire when they hired him. Of course, new ownership causes issues, <laughs> and, and Monty Williams is out. Nick Nurse, I mean, you would think he lands somewhere. Uh, he's He's got such a great resume for the things he did with less than talent sometimes in Toronto. At least that's what it felt like to me. Um, and then what? Uh, Atlanta, I guess they replaced their coach mid-season, didn't they, with Snyder?
0: They went out and got oh. Quinn Snyder. Yeah. Um, Quinn Snyder had just been fired from Utah the season before and had his own, you know, Coach of the Year award from when it's time in Utah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's this deal where you've got highly qualified coaches out there on the resume. You mentioned Phoenix, and it's interesting. They get this new owner, and they need a new owner for a number of reasons. They get a new owner, and he quickly trades all of that for the debt for Durant. He mm-hmm. swaps out the coach as soon as they lose. I mean, they're going to look like a whole different franchise very very quickly um and i'm not sure if it's necessarily better or worse but it's certainly a lot different looking i I know you said you hadn't watched them a whole lot but what's that like i'm a rockets guy so we had a whole lot of turnover too but (laughs) phoenix is phoenix is good
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i know so you know i think i was i followed them back in the kj barkley marley years into the jason kidd years into the steve nash years um, and and I've always kind of paid attention to him even after I stopped following him as intensely as I used to. Um, and then you know, they brought in Monty Williams, which I thought, like I said, was a phenomenal hire. They have all kinds of talent. Booker, of course, I love Booker being a Kentucky guy. Um, I like Aiden. I think you know, there's there's a lot of potential there. Then you bring in KD. Now they're saying, well, Chris Paul might be gone, which he's aging and and he's yeah. he's still uh, I think a good player to have on a team, but for the money, may they might be able to get something better uh maybe um but yeah it's it's weird to watch but we saw this years back when they they got rid of the athletes and brought in Shaq um it was like a total change of pace of what they were doing it's like well that didn't work um I'm not sure if this will work either I'm not a I don't hate KD I think he's a phenomenal basketball player I I struggle with guys that I feel aren't mentally tough and I don't feel like KD is mentally tough and, uh, and so that always, that just bothers me, I guess, because I'm always, I'm the guy that goes, dude, you're getting paid a whole lot of money to play basketball, just suck it up and play basketball. But, uh, that's neither here nor there. That's not why I brought you here to, to, to <laughs> go on a Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant rant. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of change. Um, Philadelphia dad asked me to, today we were talking on the phone or yesterday we were talking on the phone and he's like, he's like, oh man, I'm surprised about Doc Rivers. I said, no, I mean, that seems like that was pretty much what was coming. If they, if they didn't win this year, right? I mean, that's that's not a huge surprise.
0: Yeah, I feel like Doc is the example of kind of like a Frank Vogel and kind of like Nick Nurse where, and, and Nick Nurse less, but and then Boone Holes are certainly too, though, where like they have the one ring, the one title, um, and Doc's being the 08 Celtics, the Boston three party, Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, Rondo, your Kentucky guy, was coming into his own. Um, and truthfully, it's like, the further remove we get from that, the more of a one-off that feels like, right? Like sure. they they would later lose to Kobe and the Lakers in the finals. They would lose to Orlando. They would lose to Miami. Um, his time in Orla- in Orlando was filled with like a, it had its own. They gave up a three one lead. His time with the Clippers, they gave up a three one lead. Like it, it looks more and more like the you know as good as a coach as he is, he's a he's a floor raiser. But his ceiling, it looks like he kind of broke through his ceiling that one year and didn't ever get back as opposed to that being his, like the biggest part of his resume, I kind of feel the same way about Or I mean, you could say the same thing about Bootenholzer in Atlanta. Um, I was not horribly surprised when they fired Doc Rivers, because frankly, if you're trying to build a team though, and, and I don't mean to, to steal all the, all the airtime here, but if you, if you're building a team, you got to blame somebody. Yeah. Honestly, out of hardened and beaten Doc, they're paying Doc the least, like, <laughs> like, like, that. That's that's just gonna be how it goes, right? Yeah. They're gonna try and Harden has a player option, and if they want to keep him, like they've already talked about, are they gonna bring Mike D'Antoni in, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, who's that for, right? <laughs> like, I'm a Houston guy, I tell you right, like who's that for, right? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's an nah. interesting situation, but Doc, Doc, I don't think Doc works next year. I think he takes some time off.
2: You know, it's interesting. You, you there used to be this. This talk about Phil Jackson. Okay, well, is Phil Jackson really that great of a coach? I mean, he got he had Michael Jordan, he had Kobe Bryant, he had Shaq, he had all these guys. But then you look at Doc Rivers and go, well, Doc Rivers. Now didn't have MJ and he didn't have uh, Kobe, but he's had some superstars uh, on his teams that he's coached. And you would kind of think that there would be more uh, more trophies on the shelf to show for it uh, than it is. And I don't dislike Doc either, but um, yeah, I think I think what you said about his ceiling you know, it kind of is what it is at this point. And if you're I I don't think you would want to coach a, a nobody team, but it'd be great to bring him into an organization like Charlotte, for instance, or something like that, um, where he could lift them up a little bit, but championships might be, might be out of Doc Rivers future at this point. Uh, what's your, who's your favorite coach that's out there right now? Um, if, if you were trying to hire somebody, who would that guy be?
0: Um, so I, I tend to look at like assistants. So I really Houston got Udoka and assuming they did their due diligence on that, he was a great basketball coach. I just want to make sure that they did their due diligence on the issues, right? Make sure things check all the boxes on that. Yeah. Um, cause he got fired for non-basketball reasons, frankly. Yeah. I, when I didn't think we'd get Udoka, cause I didn't think he'd ever want to come coach Houston. I think like Sam Casella sat on some great sidelines. He sat next to Ty Lou, um, and Ty Lou's had a lot of success with, mentioned like you know he was there in cleveland with lebron but he's also like seems to constantly be overachieving with a very injured roster in in la mm-hmm. um so you know can you get some of that mojo or magic by pulling in sam cassell i also thought he was a fairly smart point guard with some swag um as i look across the league i think kenny atkins's name pops up a lot he was an assistant with golden state uh coached brooklyn back when they had like jared allen and caris levert and those guys right um and so like he has some head coaching experience but Has also got some warriors mojo with him. Um, As far as like these guys, these coaches, though, and I don't mean to tie it all the way back to Phoenix, but I think Monty Williams got a raw deal here, and Mm -hmm. I I think that you know he had his roster kind of flipped without his say, and then when they didn't win, it looked like his fault. You got again, you got to blame somebody, and um, I, you know, maybe I just think really high. He took a Phoenix team that was very much in rebuilding mode, and took him. And you add in Chris Paul, and admittedly that's a big ad, but suddenly yeah. they're in the NBA Finals, right? Yeah. I don't think that's an accident i i I would like to see him get a job and get a trial somewhere else. Frankly, it'd be cool to see him in Milwaukee where they've got some pieces or
2: Philadelphia where they' got some pieces, see what he can bring to the table. but I think he's a really good coach. I really do yeah. I agree and and I like you know look, it's always fun to have an assistant come in because you're like, all right, this guy. Or we're gonna we're gonna build with him, and he's gonna be our guy, and you know he's not anybody else's guy, and that kind of a thing. Uh, but there are some spectacular coaches out there. I'm intrigued to see how that carousel lands. Uh, I saw today the rumor, or maybe it was yesterday, Tyrone Lou that uh, Phoenix is interested in trying to get Tyrone Lou from the Clippers, and Lou has been kind of frustrated with the fact that Kawhi and Paul George never play. Um, might be looking to get out. Um, do you know how big of an issue that would be, how hard that would be for Phoenix to do if they wanted to do it?
0: The biggest thing in the NBA is typically there's t- there's some buyout on his uh, current clause. And so is this Matt Ishbia guy who just spent, you know, what was it, $4 billion on the team themselves, is he willing to offer up more money to buy out? Because there is no salary cap on your coaching staff. Are you willing to buy out the Tyloo Clippers deal um, and then pay him some, I would assume, pretty good size salary to come coach for. Um, I get on the basketball floor, why Ty Liu would be kind of tired of coaching the Clippers. Again, those guys, whether real or, or, you know, whatever, you know, load managing or whatever, they do get hurt a lot. They're not on the floor. Um, and I think he's kind of for a team that typically only has one of them on the floor at a time between Kawhi and Paul George. I think he has kind of run the course with that. They had a great series, Uh, Was it just last year where they played Dallas kind of to the wire before Kawhi got hurt? Um, You know, is that as far as they go? If so, does Tyler need to move on? I, I, you know, I think he had LeBron and people like say anyone coach LeBron, look, he changes coach every year, it feels like, but I thought Tyler did a pretty good job with those Cavalier teams. Um, You know, uh, LeBron was great, but there was also some holes on those teams. He found ways to cover up. Um, And so I, I could see the fit. I see that working out. Um, I, I would imagine that if you're going to get between billionaire Balmer and billionaire Ishbia going back and forth to compete for the guy, Balmer being the owner of the Clippers, that suddenly <laughs> you could have a little bit of a bidding war that I guess Ty Lue could win in, but I'm not sure if Phoenix does or not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is Ishbia going to be a Mark Cuban type owner where he's going to be on the floor touching players um, or is he going to mind his business as he, as he continues on? So, I have no clue. Um, he <laughs> was a
0: player. I guess that's probably what you know. I open with he played. He was a walk-on at Michigan State when they won a national championship. Uh, obviously, under Izzo. That's been a while back now. But and is a billionaire in the same uh, you know arena and weight class as Dan Gilbert. They notoriously don't like each other. Um, and of the, of the 30 owners that voted on the sale, uh, there were 29 yeses and one abstention. The one abstention was Dan Gilbert. Right. (laughs) Um, so I could see him like getting the team, how he likes it settling down, but these guys that are competitive, former athletes, like I almost worry that they, they think they can fix things too much. Like, Oh, I, I, I've fixed things my whole life. I can fix this up as opposed to kind of letting things run their course. Um, so I, I worry between, I mean, you mentioned Cuban, but I was thinking, Bomber's involved, Gilbert's involved. Uh, I think modern ownership billionaires might just be a little too involved in general, right? I think that just might be the unfortunate way this whole thing is headed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thankfully I don't have to worry about that uh, as I'm not quite the billionaire status yet. Um, <laughs> right.
0: It's, it's a good thing to not do <laughs>
2: That's right. No, more money, more problems. That's what they tell me. Uh, <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the NBA season uh, on uh, through the belly up network, you uh, asked us to submit uh, awards predictions, championship predictions. I put in there Denver Nuggets, NBA champions. Uh, they're up 1-0 on the Lakers, so clearly I knew what I was talking about. Um, no, this is a fun team. I like this Denver team. Uh, Jokic is, he is, in my opinion, the scariest guy in the league, uh, meaning that I wouldn't want to run into him in a dark alley somewhere. Um, I feel like he's got that 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 mafia mentality, mob mentality that – I'm scared to death of the guy, but great basketball player, Jamal Murray, Porter. Uh, they got some good pieces there. Gordon's filling his role well, uh, in Denver and, and I have always been an anti-LeBron guy. So (laughs) I'm all about Denver winning, beating LA, but Hey, the Lakers, you know, they got the talent and they are where they are somewhat surprisingly in the sense that they were in the play-in games. Um, so, but they kind of turn it on when the time's it on. Do you think the Lakers are legitimately a threat for the NBA finals this year?
0: It so I feel awkward betting against a healthy LeBron and A.D. I feel almost more likely to be betting if for them to not be healthy. Hmm. Um, especially after like AD got hit in the head last round and it felt like he might have to sit. I think the scary thing about Denver though, and I depending on the night, I guess you could argue Aaron Gordon's the fourth best player, or Michael Porter's the fourth best player. More often than that, I guess the fourth best would be Gordon that's a really darn good fourth best player, man. Like <laughs> as far as your four deep goes, like that is really darn good. Cause, and then they pull called Cantavius Caldwell, Caldwell Pope in as their third starter. Look, if I go to the Lakers and I'm looking at their fourth best player, or even their third best starter, right? You're looking at like, what is that? Is that Dennis Schroeder? Like, 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 where, where are we talking about? These are not the same caliber of guys. Like Jared Vanderbilt's fun. Is yeah. he Aaron Gordon, right? Like, right. <laughs> um, Anthony Davis can cover up a lot, and I really thought yep. it was interesting uh, last night in Game One. They put they got a lot more success, and they put Rui Hachimura on Jokic and let Davis kind of roam behind as like a, a free safety kind of guy. Um, but uh, it's Jokic, it's Murray. We've seen we saw Bubble Murray go for fifty a couple times. Like these guys are good, yeah. and they play at home with. a um, you know, mile high elevation. And th- I think that actually matters when you're playing against an older LA team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't have picked the Lakers to get this far. So I guess I didn't have this being the matchup, but if I had, I don't think I could have had uh, them beating Denver. I think, I think they need one or two more things on the roster to win in
2: Denver. It, when I looked at, I think it was the play in game. Um, I looked at the, the box score for an LA game and I saw and Gabriel Uh, in the lineup, and I thought, now, I'm a Kentucky guy, so I have a little bit of love for Winyan Gabriel, but I thought, wait a second, (laughs) why is he playing? Um, Jared (laughs) Vanderbilt is a different idea. Jared Vanderbilt is a role player. He plays a role really, really well, Um, but same thing. I'm looking at him going, if he's your fourth or fifth best player, you could be hurting, and AD is a phenomenal basketball player, and when healthy, one of the best in the league. And all his health stuff, I hate it for him because it's nothing. It's not really his fault, I don't think. It's just the way way things fall. Um, And LeBron, listen, I respect LeBron James. I respect the fact that he is off the court, not gotten in any trouble. Um, I respect the fact that he is a phenomenal basketball player. Um, You know, I've just told my kids, I don't want you to treat your coach like he treats his coach. (laughs) And I'm my kid's coach now, so I'm definitely <laughs> <something> like that. <laughs> but he's a great player, and when he's on the floor, there's always potential for him to do some good things, even at his current age. Is he going to play with his son? Is he going to be around long enough to play with his son? So
0: there's real – I didn't watch a whole lot of high school – of the like national scene of high school basketball this year. Um, I, there's a lot of talk that he really might have kind of developed into stuff. you got to remember for – he is a – 6'4, bouncy, springy, strong athlete. And like, bluntly, he works with pro shooting coaches and stuff like that. Like, he's got this leg up, you know. I think people kind of see that as part of the development. Um, He's going to USC, and USC is kind of in a single recruiting class, raise the draft, raise the profile on their, um, you know, draft capabilities. They got a handful of like four and five star guys coming in next year. You always kind of thought if USC could keep LA and LA, they'd be good, right? Um, But man, like, it, it'd be weird to say because I I'm not saying he's going to be a dominant player in two years, but if you're going to tell me Bronny's going to be in the league in two years, I don't I don't see why this LeBron would be not one of the 500 best players in the world in two years. He might not be the number one, but I don't know they wouldn't be one of the 500. Yeah. Um. So I I think that's kind of what he's going for. The interesting thing is like, you know, then his next son is going to be a junior in high school
2: next year. <laughs>
0: like, how how far does this go? Yeah.
2: And Bron has this. LeBron has this uh, ability, you know, he's, he's got the size um, he can pass. I mean, he doesn't have to be the LeBron that we all know in order to be in the league still. And he can still be a productive member of a team. Um, You know, now I think it's completely different styles. I think of Ray Allen where Ray Allen at the end of his career, he knew what his job was and he went out and did it. Andre Iguodala was that way as well. I mean, my kids have no idea what Andre Iguodala was in Philadelphia. (laughs) He was, he was a superstar and, but how people know him as a defender and uh, an important key piece of a Warriors championship teams, (laughs) you know, I mean, LeBron could play probably as long as he wants to (laughs) and, and have some sort of role on a team somewhere. Right.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing I admire the most about – I mean, you mentioned stuff off the floor, which I can't – I mean, he has revitalized an entire community in Ohio. And, and like, those are things that, you know, regardless of what you think about the way he plays, I appreciate how smart he is as a player. I almost think there have been times where it's like, you're thinking about this too much. Just go score, man. You know, um, but he – that, like, thought process, that doesn't get old, right? He'll always be that guy. And if he wants to be, you know, at his size – a starting power forward and kind of reduce his role some i think that's always going to be there for him frankly if this team wins a finals i don't know if he's the finals mvp i might vote for anthony davis depending on how the series went and i think that's kind of why they bring in a guy like AD a couple years ago right so eventually the torch is going to get passed you know it feels like because it's in la it's kareem to magic or whatever right but like it's that kind of an idea like hey well revitalize the end of LeBron's career, then this will be AD's team, and so on, and kind of hand it over. Um, now, I, I, I just don't know how long, how long he wants to do this, and he says he said the
2: deal with Bronny will play, and I guess that's how long he wants to do it. <laughs> It'll be fun to see. Um, the Spurs win the lottery. Oh, hang on. Before we get to that, Miami-Boston, Denver-LA. Uh, you already said Denver uh, seems to be the, the pick there. Miami-Boston, Miami's beat up, yet Jimmy Butler has dragged them all the way here. Um, Boston seems like this team has been on the verge for the last four years and just can't kind of get over that hump. But Jason Tatum seems to be, uh, as the young kids say, him. Uh, So uh, how do you like that series? How do you think it's going to shake out?
0: Yeah, I like how we can put him and all these names on. Jason, Tate, him, him, Jimmy Butler. Um, I will say this is a series where it's like my head says Boston, my heart says Miami. I have loved watching Jimmy Butler play basketball. Yeah. And, and you're, you're at Kentucky. Bam and has been a lot of fun for them, too. Um, I have loved watching them play. I don't intuitively know how they match up and beat Boston with Marcus Smart playing defense and now Horford in the back and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't intuitively know how they beat Giannis, and they did that, too. So, you know, I, I think intuitively and, like, intellectually, it ought to be Boston series in about six games. But I – I love watching Jimmy play. I want to see him play a lot of basketball. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I like, I like what Jason Tatum's doing. I like him coming into his own. Uh, but you're right. Jimmy is, I like that mentality. It, it really is that Kobe mama mentality kind of mindset where, Hey, it's, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. And, and then he goes out and does it. And it's a, it's a blast to watch. We saw it back in the, uh, the bubble was, was where he really, I thought, Really sh- shined, shown. Uh, there you go. I'm not a grammar teacher, uh, but uh, uh, it really came out of his shell there. And we've seen a personality before. Then but we saw him lead a team. I felt like in the bubble, and and now he's leading this team, continuing uh, there as well. Should be a fun series. Um, lottery though, the San Antonio Spurs uh, somehow rig it uh, to get another big and uh, seven foot five French. And I don't, I don't usually support the French, but. Uh this this kid looks like he's got the stuff. So I won't I won't knock him. Uh Spurs win. That's a huge deal for San Antonio. Maybe revitalizes Pop's career, right? I wonder
0: if Pop has some like last couple years in the tank now because the kid is just that special. Um the the rigging thing though is interesting because San Antonio has always been this team that goes international and finds guys. I mean, even Tim Duncan is for technically from the US Virgin Islands, right? Um and uh, he's an American, I mean, he's from the US Virgin Islands, and then uh, if you're in France, you know, Wim Banyama has pictured himself as a young kid in a Tony Parker jersey. France yeah. has loved San Antonio because of Tony and then Boris Diaw for a long time. Like this this does feel like a weird like fateful kind of thing which only feeds into the draft lottery being rigged. Um but that that's part of the fun too. Right. Um <laughs> I I think it's a tremendous uh boost to pop though because he does see himself as a teacher. He does the USA thing with a bunch of younger guys, typically to teach the game, teach younger coaches. Um, I, you know, I could see this being something that gets him maybe not ten more years, but like you know another four or five where he might have retired if they got the third pick. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I it I think he's got another
2: couple left in him now. Yeah, I think I think so as well. Charlotte gets the second pick. Portland, Portland. I saw the report today or yesterday that said they're going to try to trade that number three pick to bring in a veteran to keep dame lillard around to me dame lillard is one of the funnest guys to watch in the league i i root for him as i i have no reason to root for him but i root for dame lillard Uh, i love i love the dame time i i love all that stuff um is portland gonna be able to pull off keeping keeping lillard around
0: so i think it's interesting because i probably would have done the opposite and um so houston's got four and so i was paying attention obviously um I would have probably done the opposite and traded Damian Lillard and just gone young with it. Just taking the three pick, taking, you know, maybe get, you know, do you trade him to Dallas and get the 10th pick and then send Damian Lillard off to Dallas and you have the third pick and the 10th pick and and then you just start rolling with the whole new team. Um, That's not what they're going to do. They're going to kind of do the opposite and they're going to try and, you know, swap that pick out for some veteran. The interesting thing is, is because Charlotte has the number two pick, they have a ball, and the presumptive number two pick is a kid named Scoot Henderson, who's been in the G League for the last two seasons. And a, like the draft mock-ups and write-ups all say that hey, if it were not for the seven foot-five Frenchman, he would obviously be the number one pick. And further, Scoot Henderson, in all likelihood, would have probably been the number one pick in the last handful of drafts as well. He just wasn't eligible. And so, I mean, so would Victor Wimbanyama. So, you know, either one would have been. They're just both that good. And so, with Charlotte already having a point guard, and someone they put a lot of investment in in LaMelo Ball, do they get another point guard in Scoot Henderson and try and make them play together? Or what did they do? And I'm telling you right now, if Charlotte does not take Scoot Henderson, there will be... 25 teams calling Portland about hey, hey, what can we do for that number three pick? Right. Because <laughs> Portland also has a point guard named Lillard, yep. and they wouldn't take Scoot necessarily either. But suddenly that pick got a lot more valuable, right? Yep. Um and so I think there is value in trading, and I just it's not quite what I would have done, but I do think there is value there.
2: And my suggestion for Charlotte is take Scoot. Uh, and make it work because you yes. don't pass up great <laughs> basketball players. You, it's basketball. And we've become more and more positionless over the last several years. Put the best five guys on the floor and figure it out. Um, and, uh, but again, I'm not a Charlotte fan. Don't pay a whole lot of attention to Charlotte. I, I appreciate the Kentucky guys that are there, but uh, outside of that, uh, good luck. Good luck to Charlotte, but it's, 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 fun. It's fun to see the Spurs. They've kind of been, you know, hanging down here at the bottom for the last couple of years. And uh, I, I'm not a huge pop fan overall. I, I again, respect what he's done. Um, felt like the last couple of years, maybe he didn't leave because he didn't have a whole lot else to do. So he kind of stuck around. And and uh, I would have loved to have seen him kind of step into an advisor role and and see Becky Hammond or Tim Duncan or somebody else step into that head coaching role. But who am I to tell a guy, turn down all that money and go do something <laughs> else? So. Parker, I uh, always love chatting with you, man. It has been a long time, uh, but you got a lot going on. So, uh, share with the folks about uh, where they can catch all your content at with the Houston's, Houston coverage and belly up coverage. Yeah.
0: So, my personal stuff, obviously, uh, you can find all of it. I always put it out at Painsworth512 on Twitter, P A I N S W R T H 512 on Twitter. Locked on Cougars, daily show at the, podcast, the Lockdown Podcast Network about all things Houston Cougars. Uh, we've got some new news today. I guess someone called up Kelvin Sanson about one of these coaching hires, and then the University of Houston was quick to say that eh, he just went to go visit. He's all good, so <laughs> we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Um, but it's all things Houston Cougars all day long, all year long. So uh, Houston's going to the Big Twelve. It's a big, big fun time. BellyUpSports.com for all your basketball content. We got some great writers. Antonio does a really fun job of like finding the fun stories. Hedra always has something that like makes you kind of think a little bit. Uh, it's a good, good staff over there. We got stuff pumping out. Fairly regularly during the playoffs because, again, like we talked about there's a lot of basketball content to be covered. Um, all kinds of fun stuff happening in Belly Up as well. Um, and, frankly, like, Belly Up has just kind of become this place where, like, the fun stuff is happening these days. There's all kind of fun stuff being cranked out across all sports. So don't just check out basketball. Check out football and baseball and all of it too, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, me and Dad talked earlier on the show about uh, Phoenix um, hockey, uh, Coyotes. And they've had struggled to get it. They're not getting the approval to build a new stadium. So therefore, they're probably leaving Arizona in the next couple of years. And Houston is a city that's popped up as potential landing spot. Uh, so uh, you're going to have to become a Houston Coyotes fan maybe in the next couple of years. <laughs>
0: I don't have a hockey team, so I guess that's the way go. There
2: you <laughs> go. That's the only reason they should move to Houston, so yeah. Parker can have a hockey team. I have a hockey team, and I know, like, two players on it. So uh, <laughs> my time is consumed. But Parker is uh, um, he's active in his community as well, teaching. And I, I assume you're still teaching. I guess we haven't talked a lot.
0: No, I'm, I'm teaching and coaching. Uh, not sleeping a whole lot, but teaching sure. and coaching.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need sleep that's that's for later in life Um, (laughs) oh i just my computer just shut off there we go where's there all right hey parker thanks so much for being on uh today i would love your stuff love what you're doing for belly up uh excited for you what's going on over there on locked on cougs as well uh thanks for taking some time to talk basketball with us today happy to be here man thanks for having me all right we'll see you that's Parker Ainsworth of BellyUpSports.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. Make sure you check out Righteous Felon Jerky at RighteousFelon.com. And uh, use the code BellyUp to get 15% off your purchase. Tune in Sunday night live at 8 p.m. on the Sports Stove YouTube page for the Sports Stove fantasy baseball show and live again next Wednesday as dad will join me as we talk all things sports right here on the sports stove podcast. Thanks for tuning into today's episode until next time we'll see you around the sports stove.